Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. Just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarron, and with me as always, sitting right to my right, is Chad Lindsay. What's up, man? Hey, man. We're doing this <laughs> for the first time side by side. In the same room. This is kind of dope. This is a special occasion. So yeah, we are going to break down today what we mentioned last week, which is 1991's Showdown in Little Tokyo with Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. And to your career. Yeah, I remember you renting this on VHS tape and us hanging out in your downstairs watching this. And almost every movie that I watch, I tend to feel like the same way. Like, oh my God, I really loved this film. And then 20 or 30 years, I'll go back and I'll watch it again. This one's a little bit different because I'm yeah. like, whoa, there's a there's a lot to unpack <laughs> with this particular film. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. And when I think of Showdown in Little Tokyo in my head, I think, ah, oh, like that's an awesome movie. I really like that movie. And I remember liking it and thinking the fight scenes were awesome and thinking, you know, Brandon Lee's cool. Dolph Lundgren's awesome. Tia Carrera's hot and she's, she's, she looks really great and she's a good actress. And then watching it again... Now, whatever it is, 30 years later, mm. uh, it's not the same. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not, not the same. It's, okay, there's a few things about this, about this film. First of all, let's just like unpack it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you were to take the script as shot and go back one revision, okay? We're yes. going to take this script. We're going to call this script six. We go back to script five, yep. and it's a gay love story between Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Like, that's what it is. Like, that's what it is. It's like they took this script and they were like, hey, man, we, we love this script about the two gay cops, one American, one Japanese, but we got to take that out. We're going to give it to a 14-year-old boy who's going to rewrite it and make it cool. And that's where you get the Tia Carrere and, and a lot of those that gay subtext is still in here. And I'm not yes. saying that to be hateful. I'm saying that because clearly there is a, a very strong romantic attraction between <laughs> Kenner and Brandon Lee throughout Brandon. this film. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think between Johnny and Kenner, there's a very clear connection beyond like, you're cool. You're my partner. Like there's like a, you're, well, he says it. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on yeah, a man. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that was something from script five yeah. that never got updated. That's what I mean. Like, there's a lot of stuff still in there. Like, like if, like, and I'm pretty sure script five could have swapped Tia Carrere with Harvey Firestein, and yes. he would have had his like, oh my god, Kenner. Like that might have been Firestein's line. You've got the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Oh, thanks, thanks, Harvey. Yeah, I think they. I think they could have done that script from script five and had a weird little love triangle between Firestein, Kenner, and Johnny. And it would yeah. have been like this cool, like, Johnny's jealous of the relationship between yeah, that, Kenner and Firestein. You know what I mean? Like That could have worked better. It just kind of <laughs> left me feeling a little bit confused. Like, Brandon Lee clearly walks in and sees, he's like, hey, what do you think of these naked ladies covered in sushi? <laughs> and Brandon Lee goes, oh, 
God, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's selling it a bit too much. You yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah. just like he doth protest too much. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking Brandon Lee is 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 acting a little too much here. I don't think he's really into that. Honestly, honestly, being a straight guy would not eat fucking sushi off of some lady's private parts. No, laying in a restaurant. Jesus, come on, man. I mean, I like naked women and I like sushi, but as you said. Some things do not need to go together. Like, oh, yes. I don't need exactly. her as my plate. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I love to do? I love taking a shit and petting my cat. I do that at the same time. Scrappy, yeah. sit still. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's weird. When my dog comes in to like see me when I'm in the bathroom, I'm like, can you fucking... How about you leave? Like, yeah, it's dog, not the, not the your time. Your dog just walks into the doorway making eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I help you, young man? And that would have... That, that script five would have turned the... Uh, the rape scene into a weird deliverance kind of moment. Yeah, that's actually true. Because would that, like, would that have made Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa from here on known as CHT? Would he be gay too then? Like, would everybody? Yeah, you might as well. I think. I think. Just do it all. If you're gonna yeah, go, like, if go. you're gonna go for it, just go for it. Make because I'll fucking watch it. Like, I don't. I don't care. No, it's just, just make the martial arts like, good in the story. It's just here. like, hey, man, just get off the fence and fucking go one way or the other. <laughs> pick a thing. You're, yeah, pick a thing and make it happen. I tell that to my kids all the time when they're like watching their iPad and watching television. Yeah. Fucking pick a thing. Like. Pick a thing. Pick a thing, THC. God damn it. So, uh, yeah, we're going to roll through this. Uh, just before we do, please remember, go to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Check it out. There's five different levels there. You can support us from $5 all the way up. Uh, whatever you think that would be dope help us out help us put this together and you can go to our instagram that is you have offended this podcast as well same as our youtube same as our youtube and our website is offendedpodcast.com yes offendedpodcast.com go there buy some merch if you don't want to become a patron that'd be cool because then you can get a hat or a jacket or a t-shirt or whatever and kind of treat it as a one-time thing or a two-time thing if you like more than one thing we got fanny packs now fanny packs I'm going to buy a fanny pack. Yeah, so buy a thing. And lastly, on Twitter, we are at YHOTP. Any of our social media stuff, you can get in contact with us. You can uh, pitch us a movie to do. And, uh, you know, tell us your favorite movies, favorite actors, favorite scenes, all that stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Wicked. All right, man, so we're going to roll into Showdown in Little Tokyo. Uh, the opening credits here are actually kind of cool with the, the Yakuza tattoos. Yeah, the tattoos are cool. And this kind of goes into that whole Script 5 thing. Like, it's... You know, a lot of shadows, dudes' muscles, dudes' pecs, abs, a lot of flexing. It's like that, what's that video, that um, that rap video where it just panned around the dude's body, remember? It was big along, it was big like 15 years ago, and then he kind of got heavy. Um, oh, what's that dude's name? That's going to bug me. Whatever, I don't care. Um, it's a video, rap video where the guy just it just pans around his body. People are like, oh my god! It goes like it goes like well below his navel. <laughs> okay, <laughs> into you know the little angle yeah. muscles that go down the cross yeah, yeah, pointers. Yeah. yeah, it goes like into those, and all the girls were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh my goodness, ribald like Such things. <laughs> Tales of ribaldry. Tales of ribaldry within a rap video. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's very like that, but they're kind of cool. I dig it. CHTs. I don't know if that's CHT or not. No, I think that's just like a bodybuilder that they got clearly somebody who's really jacked yeah he's actually much bigger now that i look at it mark lester um directed this movie and he was actually the same director for commando and uh initially it was kind of a little bit more serious in tone if we're going back to script five or prior yes but uh they kind of lightened up the mood to make it a little bit more like like commando so anyway we open up this first scene here and we're in this 
dingy ass kickboxing venue here and these guys are throwing down and then we get our first shot here of detective kenner dolph lundgren in his signature leather jacket yeah i like how he's just like if you're a cop right if you're gonna raid the place you would think that he'd have to have some sort of like paperwork or warrant he just climbs up onto the roof of this warehouse through an open window and then does a zip line <laughs> into the, zip into line, the middle right. of the fucking ring. Like, <laughs> forget about the zip who line. made who who constructed the zip line? But <laughs> it doesn't matter because is it a zip line or does he just like loop his belt around a light? It's like a fucking string of lights or some shit, is it not? Like, yeah, he just if I remember correctly. But the, the the point being that if he had paperwork, he could have actually just gone through the front door and yes. made his arrest. But he comes flying in like fucking uh, into karate kid part two. Oh, he just swings down on a rope that's just, right yeah yeah because i think the they're rope in a, come from they're in a gymnasium i think <laughs> and he just yeah it's one of those big thick old gym ropes that used to have to climb in class and he lands he doesn't like land anywhere inconspicuous he lands in the fucking ring like in front oh, yeah. of the crowd like between the two fighters yeah and they st- all the betting people in the crowd start betting of which of the two fighters is going to fuck Kenner up. It's, yeah. It's this, fucking stupid. This movie is pretty outlandish and, and dumb. And I remember really, really liking it at the time. But I think that once you see movies that are, I don't know, like we talked about Kung Fu Hustle. Yes. And that being just like silly but enjoyable. And then we talk about The Raid, which is very grounded and realistic and gritty and enjoyable. And I think this thing is just kind of like this this movie tries to play it straight. Yeah. And it really shouldn't. No, well, I mean, I think it's all about setting up a world and then staying within the rules that you created for that world, which Kung Fu Hustle does very well. Even yeah. though it's outlandish and crazy and people are flying around and shit, like they set that up and then you accept, okay, that's part of this world. And then none of the rules are broken. In this, you are, we are ostensibly in the real world. And they're, they're, I mean, he's, he's flying down on this rope and guys are shooting at him and he jumps over this fucking car. He like, yeah. <laughs> There's a flying sidekick over a moving 65 Bel Air yeah. or whatever the yeah, fuck that is. It's, like, just, it's just <laughs> flying at him. And he just, he just effortlessly jumps over it, which is fucking hilarious. I do still enjoy this movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun. Brandon Lee is introduced here after this scene. It's the next morning, I guess. And he's strolling down into, what is this, Little Tokyo, I think. And uh, Kenner's having his morning dim sum or whatever. He's having his miso soup in this little Japanese restaurant. And this is his little, sort of his mother figure, if I'm not mistaken. Because yeah, his parents kinda, got killed. Yeah, his parents are killed, but she kind of hits on him. He, she's like, hey, That's Kenner, right. why don't you do something? He's like, oh. She's like, I'm too much woman for you. You need to get another woman first to warm up. That's and then right. You can take me on. It's like, this is where I go back to that 14 year old boy wrote this. Yes, he did. Because everybody wants to screw Kenner, including Every- Brandon Lee. Like, that's written into the script. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure there's scene direction. Look at Kenner. You want his age. Like, <laughs> you want his age. For everybody. Like, every Hard. character. And then we get the extortion scene here. There's Jeff Imada in the background there. Hanging out in his cool white suit. He's the, he's the white suit guy from The Simpsons. The the extortion scene is rough because... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I would never make fun of somebody not being able to speak English. But no. you really can't understand him when he's 
extorting her. Like they they could have had somebody else do the line delivery. Yeah, with Toshishiro Obata, like he's really good as the tough guy standing in the background staring yes. ominously at you. Get one of these other dudes to deliver the extortion, and then when she kind of gives you flack, just look over at him. It might have been a contract thing, like you know, because you oh, get paid true. more if you deliver a line. So that's they true probably too, were yeah. just like, all right, here's your line. Here, phonetically deliver this. Yeah. yeah. And I like that Dolph Lundgren fights these guys off, never spilling his green tea. Yeah. Even though he's clearly holding an empty cup in the fight scene. Yeah, because like, <laughs> nothing flies out. <laughs> and I he's mean, moving it around. The fight scenes are just are just okay in this film. Like they're they're not fantastic. He no. does I mean, like he's he's a legit martial artist, Kyushin Kai, and did some kickboxing. Um but a lot of the stuff here is basically every move is in that one edit. So like yes. there's a single kick, edit. There's a single punch, edit. Yes. Like it, there, 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 there's little to no flow in the actual way that this is shot and edited. And I just think it's, you know, if, if this movie does have a downfall, that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, they needed to let these guys, Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren, with these very talented stunt actors in the background, yeah. just flow a little bit. Like, let it go. Let the fight, you know, back the camera off, do a wide shot. And let them throw two, three, four techniques in a row. Yeah. But they don't. They, like, basically, like you said, every technique is an edit. I like that the, the, the gangsters go outside and start machine gunning the front of this shop. And Dolph Lundgren hides behind literally a small fucking yeah. wooden table, like a diner table. <laughs> yeah. But they squib it. So it, like once the squibs <laughs> blow, it's clearly cardboard. Yes. Like it's clearly just like paper and shit. You're like, what the fuck? Like, you guys gave away your secrets. And that's when, of course, Lundgren and Lee uh, realize that they're actually partners on the uh, task force. All right, say it. All right, say it. Asian task force. You're Kenner? Mm-hmm. Nelson sent me. I'm your new partner. Oh, really? Well, looks like they all got away. Good job, officer. <laughs> they start chirping on each other and shit it's, it's not bad like, no it's not and you know like we we've said this before rapid fire comes out after this Is it 94 96 uh, something like that no no 93 i think something like that yeah or maybe even 92 but um it might be 92 you're right his his acting in rapid fire brandon lee's acting in rapid fire is far superior to this he's still kind of he's still kind of finding his way i find yeah and then of course you know his when the crow came out actually the crow came out in 93 or 94 that's when he was like incredible like, he was very he good in the crow. really as got stupid as craft, the plot yeah. was to the crow yeah i was totally fine with that kind of supernatural thing. oh no no that part but, was fine the i'm gonna light the fucking city on fire oh, to make yeah, a profit yeah, 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 yeah. like what the fuck fire are you talking it up, about like, fire <laughs> it up. Oh, here to you, yeah. like you know <laughs> but i think that you know like we we don't know where Brandon Lee would have ended up had he continued. No. Because he makes uh, quite a big leap from here to Rapid Fire and an even bigger leap um, when he gets into The Crow. Yes. And now we get the they, – they capture the one guy from the restaurant and they bring him down to the station house here and they start to interrogate him and show his tattoos. Now, this guy, if I remember correctly in the movie, Dolph Lundgren sees the claw and he's like, oh, my God, he has the flashback to his parents getting killed and whatnot. And – when they leave this guy alone in the room, he breaks his own neck. Yeah. And kills himself. I don't know if you could do that. Could you? I don't think you could kill yourself like that. Like, somebody else could, but it's, it's yeah. fucking hard. 
to break a dude's neck by twisting it sideways like that. Yeah. But my point is, this guy shows up in the movie later, <laughs> standing around CHT in one of the mob gang rooms. He's like one of the background guys. One of the background guys. You're like, wait a minute, that guy I broke his own neck. That. Like, that's that's actually hilarious. <laughs> that's basically a black dynamite thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, what's his face? Kenner sees the, the the Asian claw thing and or the white claw, iron claw, and Kenner has to leave the room and Johnny and Kenner leave and they see through the window here this guy and as they're chatting about Kenner's background or lack thereof they end up seeing this guy start to do the preparations to break his neck you can kind of see him in the background here with with Johnny in front and I think Kenner realizes what he's about to do and is like holy shit he's gonna do it and they they're too late but it's funny because it's always um it's always Brandon Lee that notices it because there's another scene like this That's later. Right. And yeah. he's like, he's oh, like, uh, this guy, uh, he's doing some side of yoga. He's doing <laughs> Tai Chi or some shit. Yeah, he's doing some Tai Chi. And Dolph Lundgren's like, oh, fuck. He, that's the classic <laughs> fucking, that's the classic knee sit says us stretch before you break your own neck and kill yourself <laughs> in the PlayStation. And Johnny's like, what the fuck did he just do? Yeah, he's, I broke his own neck. Broke his own neck. Like, that's, that's a pretty honorable way to do it. What the fuck Whoa. are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and then I think that's the captain that rolls in here, if I'm not mistaken. To, yeah, you know, like he busts in and he's just like... Give them the gears. He's just like, all right, uh, everyone's dead except your one guy. And they're like, well, now he's dead too. And he's like, oh, what the fuck, you two? <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> God damn it. Like, like you, you get a dressing down from the captain for everybody dying in your presence. And we get the the, the guy that screwed up here. They, they cut to the, the auto wrecking yard and all the crew is standing around with the guy that fucked up in a car and they're laughing as he gets crushed to death inside this car which is a bit of a bit of a tease for later let me kind of get our first little look at uh, cht here chewing up the scenery as per normal this dude is amazing like he's so good at shang song and i think if this movie had gone a little sillier i think i would have been on board a little bit more you know yeah. what i mean yeah if you kind of gone a little more supernatural big trouble little china kind of rolled it yeah. would have been better because they really want you to accept the fact that Dolph Lundgren is going around with that stupid headband and the <laughs> fucking Ninja Turtles style Komodo. So, oh, like, you're just me. like, oh my god. Yeah, it's a little over the top as it is. But because of the world they created, like we said, it seems so out of place and it takes you out of it. Whereas if they had gone a little more gonzo from the get-go. Yeah, and they're, and they're cops. And they are... Really bad cops. They're, that's a theme with these movies is the cops are <laughs> fucking awful. Yeah. And like, they never actually like check into the police station or, you know, <laughs> no. like the amount of times that these two run from the cops, like, because they're actually in like shootouts and the cops show up and they're like, we better get the, we fuck, get out the fuck out of here. I'm like, uh, you're the cops. <laughs> like, what? Why are you running away from your coworker? Should be an indicator as to uh, you're doing something bad yeah. if you're running away from your Kenner, fucking were you coworkers. Fucking, were you fucking downtown? Because I swear in Little Tokyo there was a fucking six foot six fucking Swede wearing a fucking red headband holding an Uzi and a sword. <laughs> and again, this is where the movie was rewritten draft six by a fourteen year old because now we're at CHT's patio mansion hilltop cliffside pool party yeah and there's just naked chicks everywhere yeah. all all bikini bottoms like just, all bikini bottoms titties yeah. everywhere titties everywhere and the the tia carrera makes her first appearance here 
and her co-worker at the strip club slash nightclub slash whatever the hell she works at, Angel, is here just smoking crack rock. Yeah, she is hitting the fucking crack pipe hard. <laughs> and then they bring her down. They bring her down to the office to have a conversation with her and like, uh, you remember when, uh, which doesn't make any sense. This is I why was about to ask, old, why do they kill her? Yeah, um, because they have audio of her on the phone telling her boyfriend who owned the bonsai club, if you don't sell them their club, they're going to fucking kill you. Right. right. And right, they're like, right, right. you told him that we were going to kill him. Like, you told him you were going to kill him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wasn't telling him anything new. Yeah. Like, like, you better do what these motherfuckers say because they will kill you. <laughs> and they do kill him. And they do kill and him. And they're like, oh, you fucking told. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But then she's so weird because she's like, oh, in front of all these, why don't I fuck you in front of all these guys and we'll make it right, I guess. How about, why don't we do that? And then there's this weird, creepy, fucked up scene. I don't like this scene. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be Wokey McWokerson here. No. But they give her a bunch of fucking ice crack here. And then, like, she smokes the crack. And then... Like a bunch of crack. Yeah, like a lot of crack. And then he starts, like, fucking... He's stripping her with the knife and doing her, like... Yeah, he's caressing her with his little wakizashi blade. And all these... Fucking shitheads all around them are like, yeah, yeah this is awesome. This. I'm like, this is cool. This I'm is like, not awesome, man. This is, is this the Yakuza Club? Because I don't like this club. This is a creepy and as fuck club. Fatty Hawaii shirt from fucking uh, <laughs> Out, for Out for Justice is there. <laughs> like, I don't know how he made it into this film. <laughs> yeah, and he starts grinding. For, but he turns the camera on to record what he's doing. And, like, he's grinding on her from behind with his pants on. And then he puts his hand out to get the sword. And she's high as fuck and doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And then he just cuts her fucking head off in front of all these guys, but, like, on camera. It doesn't make any sense. He, Why would you record your crime? Yeah. The beheading was quite realistic. It was pretty good because, like, know. the quick cut there was good. Yeah. This is why I think, like, the 14-year-old boy did the rewrite on script six because they're, like, combining sexuality throughout times that... Like, are not times for that type of stuff. You're just like, yes. hey, let's, you know, let, let, let's not do that. That's, yeah. that's bad. Let's make the Grindy McGrind thing and then have her head show up in the fucking duffel bag like Joe Pesci Joe or whatever Pesci, the fuck. Joe Pesci, Eight Heads like, in yeah. a Duffel Bag. Yeah. <laughs> this is the prequel to Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. <laughs> this is One Head in a Duffel one, Bag. One yeah. Head. So Kenner and Johnny show up here and they find Angel's head and I'm the rest of her body there. And this is, I think that's the medical examiner that they talked to, the, the, the black lady outside the cop. Yeah. And she says that she had so much drugs in her system that she would have been dead in 20 minutes from an anyway, OD. Doesn't even matter. Fuck it. She actually saved some time by getting her head cut off. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to uh, Kenner and Kenner and Johnny here uh, roll out together. And this is where they go to, this is the bonsai club, I believe, where they yeah. roll in here. And we got our, they get a little expositionary chatter here in the car as they drive to the club. So, Marauder, how come you don't know a goddamn thing about your own culture? My culture? Listen, champ, I was raised in the valley. My dad's a white guy who's a dentist. I know about malls, MTV, driving dad's car on Mulholland. They're, they're talking about how Brandon Lee grew up in the valley and he doesn't oh, know yeah, anything right. about his culture. So <laughs> they basically do this kind of fish out of water where the white guy knows all about Asian culture and the Asian guy knows nothing about it. He's like, I grew up in the Valley, dude. I know about malls. That's right. right. So they, that's right. They did a little bit of the 
you know, role race reversal. reversal, role reversal on these two guys. That was kind of all right. I didn't mind this. The dialogue between them when they're just chatting in the car and when they're just hanging out, it isn't bad. It's that forced dialogue under stressful situations that, again, written by a 14-year-old, doesn't fit the situation, and these actors have to then deliver those lines. Yeah, there's a line coming up later. He's like, hey, champ, don't murder that guy. We're going to get out of here, and then we're going to eat sushi off of naked chicks. Like, that's a line. That's a man. A man says that to another man, like a grown-up. Says it in the in, while they're doing police fucking duty, dude. We're gonna go eat sushi off a of naked chick. Naked Who chicks. the fuck says that in, in the pursuant of their duties? Like fuck. Yes, I can understand why cops and military people can't watch cop and military movies. Yes, because this would make me want to fucking kill myself yeah. if I was a police what officer. Fuck? Like the yeah. fuck are you showing in my profession? Jesus, like yeah. <laughs> too funny. Yeah, Kenner comes in and knocks out this fucking guard to get into the club. Yeah, because these cops do fucking no grant. Like, they just fucking just start kicking the shit out of people to get into the club. They're like, what's the password, asshole? And they're just like, whack. It just kills James Liu here. Yeah. There's, and his partner. Some of the exchanges here are really awkward. And again, it's like the one attack, one edit yes. type thing. Nothing flows. It's I'm not even trying to shit on it, right? I'm just saying that the martial arts are not great. No, and that's not a reflection on Lundgren or Brandon Lee because they're both really good and we've seen them be really good. But it's the editing and the choices that they made in this movie with respect to showing the fights on screen that kind of chop it up to the point where it kind of is hard to watch. Yeah, like he walks up to somebody as talented as that and basically just clotheslines him and takes him out in one hit where, yeah, you know, it could have been, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's almost like, like time compression. It's like, well, we got to get them into the... We got to get him in the club. We don't have time to do a really good fight scene, so let's yes. just make something quick and get him in there. They just want to get them there, and then we have the club inside here where we have the the two chicks topless in the in the this the uh, sumo obis and all these naked girls having sushi all over them, and it's sushi in the raw. And again, just completely unnecessary nudity because it was written by a fourteen year old, like. Yeah. I was like, well, we'd have naked women. What if you ate sushi yeah. off naked women? We That'd be sushi? cool. Yeah. Which I would not, again, not want to do as much as I like both naked women and sushi. Not anyway. I, I love them both, but I would not be picking a tuna roll off of, off of some chick's tuna bush. Roll. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. I would not. And Tia Carrere's up there. Who's who's not a bad singer? Right? She's not. Like, she's not, but... They've got her singing Slow Hand by the Pointer Sisters yeah. in a Japanese club. Is that girl singing? Oh, God, yeah. You're right. I can get immersed in some of that. Like, it doesn't... It does I not work. I need a man <laughs> with a slow hand. It's like, why, why that song? It doesn't make any sense, dude. It doesn't make any sense in the club. Like, it just doesn't flow. It's awkward. You're watching her like, okay, like, again, she's extremely pretty. She's got a good voice, but it's the wrong song in the wrong place. And you're like, what is, this is fucking wrong. It doesn't work. And uh, anyway, so Tia Carrere talks to Johnny and Kenner here about, you know, the ownership of the club and things are changing hands and the, oh, the owner of the club is the owner of the brewery. And they're talking about the, the... What's it? Is it Iron? It's Iron Claw. Yeah. Brewery, right? Or whatever it's called. That's the symbol. The, the, the symbol is the claw that's 
the Yakuza symbol, which is baked right into the logo for the beer, which the pisses, Red Dragon beer pisses General off. Oh my god, they're so, so they're, they're goddamn so, so obvious. So they put it in there. Angry. Well, why are you just noticing now, Kenner? <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon Lee just is you know all over Tia Carrera, like, oh my god, you're so hot. Oh my god, it's too much when brandon lee walks in and does that oh god yes (laughs) like that is the funniest fucking line in the movie he's like hey what do you think of these naked ladies in this bar oh god (laughs) yes i'm into it yeah he's he's a little over the top and then like i don't know 10 yakuza guys come in and brandon lee makes the little oh we should have paid the cover cover charge joke it throws these like four quarters into this one guy's face to distract him and the guy acts like he got hit by fucking lava yeah yeah like <laughs> like when when uh somebody threw a towel at frank drebin and police squad and it's yes. and it, he acted like it stuck to his face he was yeah. like oh, oh like that's that type of that type of like it was an alien joke. face sucker yeah he like, just <laughs> just cracks him in the face with the coins and he acts like it was fucking real acid that's <laughs> uh, real acid everybody i want to see goggles the the fighting in this exchange is again it's just okay. There's you don't see one two three hits no. in a cut. You see one kick. You see one punch. Yep. You don't really get to see really good martial arts that you that you do. And that's the thing that you know. Going back to this, I remembered enjoying this film, but I I, I didn't realize just kind of how choppy and awkward the fighting is in this film. It's and I fucking love everybody in this film. Oh, everybody. Like, Al Leong shows up here. James Dean yeah. jumps back. Toshishiro Obata's there. Like, all good guys. With a, On top of Brandon and Dolph here. This is kind of like the, the perfect weapon for me. Do you remember, like, when we went back yes. and watched The Perfect Weapon? You're yes. like, I fucking really like this movie, but I feel a little bit disappointed in the overall execution. In the and choices made. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of where I, I, I feel about this movie. Yeah, it could have been a lot better if they had... A, a, gone a little bit farther into the, the wacky weirdness, and B, just pull back and get a bit of a wider shot on the fights and let them go. Yeah. Anyway, so they get captured. Kenner and Johnny get captured here by all the crew. They get brought downstairs from the upscale Pomo dance club down into the basement Aztec temple thing. What, what, what do you think's going on here? What do you think's <sighs> going on here with this? I don't even understand because it legitimately looks like a goddamn aztec it looks like the titty temple. twister the titty twister yeah is what it looks like it likes like think, they rolled onto another set to shoot this yes like from was, dusk till dawn just moved out yeah 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 they rolled downstairs and took over the the titty twister from them and kicked out george clooney and, and quentin yeah and but now these guys are here this is the this is kind of like the these guys are bad cops they're scenes. awful so cops he gets down, he gets face-to-face face face with THC, and then we have this flashback. Dolph Lundgren here realizes, oh my god, you're the guy that killed my mom and dad, and you're the guy whose face I cut with his own sword, with the scar that keeps changing shape throughout the movie Change, as we get close shape, to it. location, <laughs> again, dimensions. <laughs> and... He, sometimes it's a scar. Sometimes it's just like like dry skin. It's like a dimple. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like a, it's you like a, gave me dry skin <laughs> on my right cheek when you were nine, you motherfucker. <laughs> and he tears open CHT's jacket and shirt. It's like it was joined with Velcro because it. Did just, I say THC? And you're saying CHT? Am I? Oh shit! 
I oh, we know. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. T because it's Carrie. It's Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. So C H T. But yeah, you said T H C. I was, I was thinking up. something else entirely. <laughs> well, T H C. Yeah. I feel high watching this movie because it's not making any sense. And I fucking love how everybody in this film looks like they got all of the wardrobe from 1991 Randy River because <laughs> they totally like, did the fucking <laughs> low crotch baggy sweatpants and the short sleeve suits pastel like, colors and fucked up prints yeah it's it's awesome it really works with the Aztec theme of the fucking <laughs> office season and Dolph Lundgren is so mad he's got to he pulls the gun on on CHT with the shirt open so we can see the, the Yakuza tattoos and the Iron Claw logo. And he's holding the Desert Eagle, the chrome fucking Desert Eagle on his face and shaking. He's so fucking mad. But there's like, I don't know, what, 15 guns pointed at them now? And yeah. Brandon's trying to talk him down like, hey, asshole, um, you want to not get me killed? How yeah, about, yeah, how about you yeah. don't get me? I understand you're on a fucking vengeance trip here, but you want to not fucking get me shot in the back of the head 28 times? <laughs> But Lundgren, to his credit, realizes like, oh, okay, I kind of might have fucked up here. And I put us in a, what does he say? A bit of a fucking pickle here or some shit? Like yeah, he says, yeah, I forget what he says. He's like, I put us in a real fucked up situation here, didn't I? a fucked up situation. He's like, yeah, yeah, you fucking moron, you did. So he talks about, he tells all the crew, the Yakuza guys here, uh, we're a couple of uh, cops and too many people saw us come in here, so you can't kill us. So we're going to just um, uh, leave now with his pleated brown suede pants whatever the fuck they are i don't think the yakuza cares though i think they would have legitimately just oh, killed them they would have been dead as fucking they, fried chicken yeah you happen to pull this shit when i was in the transitional <laughs> period i don't want to kill you i want to help you i want to help you <laughs> get the fuck out of my club <laughs> so yeah they fuck off and leave and uh brandon lee's acting all too much cocky with this badge here he's like waving it around this fucking guy he's like eh, how about that yeah fuck you and then we walk out well we being Kenner and Johnny here. And Johnny is like, what in the actual fuck did you just do down there? You need to tell me what's up with this guy. So we have to get this little uh, sort of driving scene, pullover scene, whatever, where Kenner tells Johnny the whole backstory of his parents. And again, as much as I like Dolph Lundgren, and I do, the acting isn't great, but I think it's probably the script again. Yeah, like the entire time you're watching this, like there is a pretty fucking good movie in this because you have got no joke like some of the most talented stunt fighters oh easily out there yeah and you've got Dolph Lundgren you've got Brandon Lee I really think that there was major problems with this script and the fight choreography and the the direction because some of the line delivery is Brandon Brandon Lee's line delivery is so gay like it's wicked gay like, yeah like yeah. He's just he looks at him and he's just like, Hey champ like he Hey champ. It's yeah, like it's yeah. almost like Brandon Lee's role was for Tia Carrere and yeah. he's delivering it. Like yeah. it's she he talks to Kenner the way my wife talks to me when she wants to get laid. Yeah, yeah. Like right? there's, like, there's if she's there's in the mood, she's like, Hey champ, what's going like, on? Like Hey champ. <laughs> You got the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. That's a that's a that's a line he says, right? And so I, I I think and I'm not I'm not even saying anything negative to gay people. Like no, I'd be on board. If I would actually, watch that like, fucking movie. I would like, be on board. If, just 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 if you're gonna take it in that direction, take it all the way, like, dude. The same as what we said about the transporter. The transporter yes. originally being Frank, the lead character, Jason Statham, being gay, make. The girl in that movie, 
William Hung. That's the... <laughs> Make it gay. I'm still on board. I'm still watching it. Yeah. And I'm in. That that's the thing with this film. It's like make it fucking I don't know, consistent. Maybe it's like because it was '91. They're like, oh, we could never actually do that. So yeah, might have been a, a times not you know the, the public's not yeah. ready for that, which is why they did it with the transporter. But anyway, so uh, Lundgren and, and Johnny Kenner and Johnny here sort out their differences and decide to work together, and they're going to bring down CHT and the whole to, Yakuza gang. I'm sorry, like please. Dolph Lundgren's car. He's driving, I believe, a Ford LTD. I believe. They, later in the film, that car gets put in the car crusher. Correct. Earlier, the owner of the previous owner of the Bonsai Club, was he not driving the exact same car? I believe he was, did yes. They, <laughs> did they, in order to save money, did they crush that car once and show it twice with different actors in it? Because I'm pretty sure they did. They I'm did. pretty sure they crushed one tan Ford LTD car and, and just showed it twice. All right, now you guys get in the car and pretend you're being crushed when they night. crush When they crush Kenner and Johnny and it, it's just from a different angle, they just shot it with two cameras. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I think that's what it was. That's 100%. I, I'm... I'm I'm thinking that this is the exact same car. They just crushed it once. They didn't have two, four LTDs. They just pulled the forklift back and cut it out of the frame. (laughs) So yeah, Catter and Johnny here follow CHT and and the Yakuza crew back to the Red Dragon Brewery. And this is where Kenner sees that motherfucker put the Iron Claw logo right in the goddamn brewery logo. That asshole. He's so fucking angry. But they pull up when they're, when they follow them to the brewery, they're not even a hundred meters from the gates to the brewery, like everybody would see them. They're not stealthy at all. No, they they are literally they are literally like seven or eight car lengths away Why from the fucking front open. Gate. But the other thing is, okay, I'm not a drug dealer. I've never been a drug dealer, but I would do better than these guys because <laughs> these, <laughs> like because these guys are the yakuza and they're inviting all the other drug dealers in. So all of a sudden, like sixty bikers are driving in. Like they're like, oh. The beer is a cover for the fucking drug dealing. For the crack and then, dealing, like, yes. Like fifty bikers come in, a whole bunch of like Spanish guys come in with their fucking low riders and they're fucking <laughs> bouncing. It's just like, uh, way to attract attention, asshole. <laughs> right. Well, and when you walk into this warehouse, this is a massive warehouse. And they've got a what is this? A thirty foot wide conveyor belt with crack rocks the size of a fucking light bulb yeah. on it. Like yeah. anybody right just- next right next to the place where they're making the beer. Like like Right? Like if you're gonna do that, they do have like beer inspectors that are gonna come by on a regular basis and they're gonna be they're twenty gonna- feet from your thirty foot wide conveyor belt crack of crack bear. rocks. And those crack rocks, how big are those? Oh Jesus dude, legitimately not fucking around. They're as big as a fucking padlock. Yeah. Like, yeah. These crack rocks are like fucking golf balls. <laughs> like, they Smoke would kill your neighborhood. You fucking dead. Like, if you threw one in a campfire, you would kill like a hundred scouts. <laughs> like, a one hundred scouts would all be dead and high as fuck. I like that you put it in a scout fire. Yeah, well. With the scouts around. Yeah. And so no, we got all these different crews here. We get the, the Crips here all in their blue and their hoods and the bikers are standing next to them in their leathers and there's another crew on the other side of the crypts and they're all like what the fuck are you gonna do what's going on and cht is like we're gonna take 20 percent of the whole thing and the biker's like 20 percent? you can't even fucking run anything with that we're gonna go out of business and he's like well no i'm gonna distribute it to you and the guy's like, fuck you. And he calls him a fucking yeah, slur. Starts firing the slurs. Firing out the slurs, which CHT does not take kindly to. And then he pulls out the sword and chops that biker's fucking arm off. 
And the best part about it, it's a fake arm because he's got a fucking cigarette resting between <laughs> his index and middle finger. And the arm falls to the floor and the cigarette stays in place even after it fucking bounces off the floor. It's like Carl Weathers' times. arm in Predator just still, yeah, firing, still the gun. firing the gun. <laughs> yeah, they could have done that in slow motion with the fucking smoke coming up. Yeah. This is like the bad version of Predator. Oh, my God. So yeah, they, they all the guys after the arm gets chopped off, all the other crews agree like, yeah, yeah, no, you will we'll do whatever you want. So then CHT here goes back to the bonsai club, and we get a few more extraneous tetes on. I gotta the stage. tell you, those there's there's three women on stage on the bonsai club, all <laughs> dancing out of sequence, <laughs> and they're like spinning, and it's it's the worst dancing <laughs> dancing ever. Yeah, in big air quotes. <laughs> they're like, just barely moving around. Do you, and, do you remember when uh, when John Hughes was on The Simpsons? And he put on the record, and he was like, yeah, Homer, get into it. And Homer just kind of bounced up and down yeah. a little bit. Yes. That's what these girls That's are doing. That's what these girls are doing. They are the worst strippers of all time. <laughs> and CHT goes in the back room here, and he clearly has an eye for Tia Carrere. And we get a few more extra titties in the background just as people are getting up and going. But he gives her some flowers. I'm and- pretty sure that those background titties are later the stunt titties. For oh, Tia Carrere. She did have some stunt titties in this. Yes, that's true. But anyway, continue. I'm, I'm sorry. No, please. He, uh, yes. CHT here basically takes Tia Carrere. Like, not basically. He totally takes her against her will back to his little hillside mansion here after giving her flowers. But do you know what's weird is when he's standing there, he's like, I'm going to give you some flowers and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. She's wearing a black dress. She is. And then they immediately cut to him kicking the shit out of her at the house at the house and she's wearing a yellow dress yeah so, i don't know did he beat her up and change her like, i think he beat her so hard he changed her clothing yeah he beat her so hard like but she doesn't have a mark on her it's, it's, but she's wearing like this yeah like you said like this bright yellow april o'neill camisole and he's chucking her around and clearly is going to rape her and takes his shirt off so she sees his yakuza tattoos and when he chucks her on the bed and she's like oh no clearly ADRing her moans and, and upset noises. He flips on the video of him killing Angel. Yeah, that's not cool, man. Which I don't get. Like, this, the scene sucks. Like, they could have done this scene a lot. <sighs> I understand you want to be menacing and evil. For and, sure. And all that shit. But, again, it's just kind of like, uh, Palmo, weird for the sake of being weird. You know? <laughs> right? Like, it's, it, it feels that type of gratuitous... It's very gratuitous. Shit. So anyway, they did they, off camera. He rapes he the shit. Rapes out of her. the shit out of her. And the next, I'm assuming this is the next morning now. Kenner and Johnny are binocularing the house to survey all the the yakuza guys. Not all the yakuza guys. The main yakuza guy crews leave, leaving a few guys to guard the house. And they see Kenner and Johnny see through the binoculars. Uh, Minako here in the house, and she is getting ready to, as Kenner says, commit ritual seppuku. Uh, and Johnny is like, what the fuck is that? What does that mean? As if he couldn't tell by looking through the binoculars at her holding yeah. a knife on her knees. And she's, well, she's now in a different room in the man. She has free range of the mansion. Of course. Um, Except for the East Wing, like the Beast so said. Never she, go in the East Wing. Yeah. <laughs> so she finds uh, some lady's kimono. Some lady's kimono. And the <laughs> ritualistic, you know, sword. Everything's laid out for her. Like Just in case, you know. It's, it's so fucked up. Like, he must rape so many women and leave... He just leaves like, the candle altar set up yeah, there. Yeah, little altar set up here. You can c- commit seppuku in the morning. <laughs> um, 
and <laughs> Kenner like fucking he in the morning. just decides that he's <laughs> going to fucking stop her from committing suicide. And Kenner's got eyeliner on here going in, right? He's got a lot of eyeliner on. Again, this script five, he was going in to save a man. Like, a man that was raped. He's, he's going in to get fire, Harvey Firestein. Yeah, Harvey Firestein. <laughs> oh my god, I got raped by him. Squeal like a piggy. Whee! So yeah, Kenner goes in here, kills a guard, shoots a bunch of guards. A lot of gunfire, a lot of killing. The body count, if I remember in this movie, is... I think it's, what did I say, 58? Yeah. Now, in this scene, I think it's nine, because I think he comes back to Brandon Lee, and he's like, did you kill anybody? And he's like, yeah, I killed nine guys. That's right. And they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, like, yeah, because Brandon, like, that's right. Brandon Lee says, there's like nine guys in there when yeah, Kenner yeah, yeah. rolls in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah, at one point punches through a door and grabs a guy by the cock and pulls him yeah. through and, like, breaks his neck. Because he's got cock-sensing ability, because <laughs> he knows there's a cock on the other side of the door. Because some... he punches through the door and grabs the guy by the dick and then pulls him through. He's got like, cock-dar. Yeah, he's got that <laughs> And I love how he scoops her up and just fucking walks backwards through a glass fucking window. Through a plate glass window that explodes like fucking safety glass. He walks out, jumps over the car, puts Monaco in the convertible, and he's now having a gunfight with at least three or four guys. Oh, yeah. Beside this, whatever this is, SS Camaro. And then he just Hulk fucking Andre the Giants this car up on its side. Do, like, do cars even stay on their side? Don't they roll over under the roof? I think it would have rolled over and he would have been wide fucking open. Because <laughs> he gets, he gets underneath the fucking car <laughs> and starts Conan and the bar- barbarian. He fucking gets it on its side. Drives away. Shoots the gas tank and it explodes. But honestly, if that thing had a flipped over on its roof oh. and he was just standing there with his like, dick in his hand, boom, <laughs> that would have been hilarious. And then she gets just recaptured, kills herself, end of movie. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, they obviously get away. And the this guys... Is the, this is the goddamn... I, we just went to the mall and bought everything at Stitches. Remember that 100%. store from the fucking 90s that had all that fucking rayon oh goddamn God. shirts? The patterns on these shirts are outrageous. And the guys that are, are were, I should say, tasked with guarding CHT's house here are now obviously embarrassed because Kenner got in and got the girl out and wrecked his house and shot a bunch of guys. So this one main, I guess, the leader of the home protection team offers up his left pinky finger as an offering to CHT here in the old Yakuza form, cuts his finger off and folds it over. CHT is not having any of it. He's stone-faced through this whole thing. Yeah. Homeboy folds his finger up, shoves it over, and CHT's like, is that all? I said, what do you mean, is that all? And that's that's uh, Simon Reed from Best of the Best. Yeah. That's Dehan, baby. Dehan. He should have said, I offer myself to you as your brother, because I've seen that work. Right? That <laughs> might have that that swung him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, CHT's having none of it. And once the finger comes across the table, he's like, fuck all of you. Picks up the little wakizashi knife that he cut his finger off with and stabs this guy. Stabs Simon Reed through the chest piece and kills his ass. And that's a wrap on him. And now the other guys are like, oh, God, holy shit. He's got the Chang, the Shang Tsung. Like, like, I understand that you want to have a, I mean, you have a certain standard set if you're a Yakuza boss. Hmm. But at the same time, yeah. if you got this big fucking European Swedish uh, meatball coming through and kicking the ever-loving <laughs> shit out of everybody you can throw at him. Like, you probably want all the guys you could have. Oh, you like, want everybody. You probably do not want to kill your own guys because Kenner is not fucking around. 
He's clearly not fucking around. And CHT here wants the head of Kenner, but he's for some reason he holds the knife out in front of his main guy and is like you said, sm- smell this knife, smell it, smell, yeah, smell the blood, hold it out like <laughs> smell my knife, <laughs> smell it. I'd like you to smell the blood of your coworker. And this other guy's like, fucking, let's get out of here. Toss the finger. So now Kenner and Johnny are trying to suit up. Kenner now has Minako back at his... This is his house, right? Or is he having a safe house or some shit? Like, where where are they right now? Because this um, doesn't look like his paper house. No, this is another... Kenner has several houses in this film. <laughs> he's like, very wealthy. He has at least three houses. He had a trust so fund with his dead He bands. is a cop uh, who is clearly on the take. He gives her a shotgun and then in the same thing, point this, pull the trigger, whatever you're pointing at, it's going to go boom. She's <laughs> like, fall all down. right. He's like, shoot anything that fucking comes around. She's like, what if it's you? He's like, you won't hear me coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> So they leave Monaco here and they go to the bathhouse and... They roll in here. Lundgren puts a gun to the bathhouse owner's throat here. And they just walk in, guns out, ready to throw down. And Brandon just starts laying the beats on these guys in the change room. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is probably one of the the most remembered scenes, like the iconic scenes. You've got the, the bathhouse set. You've got the guys with the tattoos everywhere. You got the big sumo swimming under the water. There's a lot of cool aspects to this scene. You've got the couple of women in there whose facial makeup is slathered on. Slathered. <laughs> like, like it is the only word is slathered. <laughs> the only word is slathered to describe it. Um, <laughs> it's 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 kind of a strange scene from the standpoint that they just walk in the two of them with absolutely no backup and guns drawn yeah clearly no other cops know they're there no absolutely not because they just they just show up here the this the, the biggest thing here is i'm disappointed with the fight choreography um, yes and i'm disappointed with the editing because this continues the trend of one action one edit and yep. it just really doesn't flow, except there's a kick. I don't know if it's Jeffy Mata that throws the kick, but Brandon Lee the does leg sweep. a leg sweep, oh. and his legs kick out, and his lower back lands on the edge of the hot tub, and it's glorious. Like, so, yeah, he gets hurt. Like, <laughs> this dude gets yeah. fucking hurt. Yeah, it's it's awesome it's a it's a great like it's my favorite thing in the whole in the whole fight scene because he gets laced right across the lower back oh yeah i think it is jeff yamada but he gets that support leg swept out and damn if he doesn't break his lumbar spine on the edge of that pool yeah because holy shit dude like (laughs) i don't know if that was planned Oh, I'm going to tell you it was not. I mean, he was likely <laughs> he was likely set to just okay, sweep me and I'll go right into the hot tub. And it's like whoop! It's like nobody plans to land on the edge of a of a of a wooden deck and then slowly drift into the uh, into the hot tub water. He probably stayed in there. I'll be in here for the rest of the fight scene. <laughs> I'll just be down at the bottom of this pool drowning. <laughs> yeah, he got his ass beat. So. Kenner, Dolph Lundgren here, starts to sort of take control or beat these couple of guys up. But then CHT takes the hose 
and sprays yeah. Kenner with the hose, and he acts like it's a you know seven thousand yeah. psi yeah. fire hose. It's, it's like, oh god, it's blowing yeah. me back. Like, <laughs> but Brandon Lee throws that breakaway stool. And yes, it's actually it's actually a really cool shot because when it hits him, it just shatters, and he sells the fall really well. Like he that's, does. That's good. That's good. I really like that. I did like that. I you know I thought that was cool, and then the big sumo guy jumps on Kenner with the knife and tries to stab him with the knife, which you're not stopping. Yeah, that that guy weighs four hundred pounds if he weighs one pound. Yeah, that weight coming that down big, with a blade. It's no. it's like a super long knife or a tanto knife. I can't remember, but it's like a big knife, and he's yeah. on top of Kenner with all of his body weight. And you know Kenner's a big dude too, but you're not stopping that knife. No, like, you are not. That knife, like your best bet is to try to juke your head to the side and hope it goes six inches into the floor because it would, it would it would drive into the floor but they have a thing and then kenner just freaking stabs him and then again that hose he jams it in his mouth and murders him oh yeah a couple guys come out of the back room brandon lee gets thrown there he gets his gun and then pop 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 he, he shoots these couple of guys who who come out but then him and kenner bail they go outside, and this is where they go outside and you hear, woo! And they're like, we gotta get the fuck out of here! Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are the cops. <laughs> Your co-workers are showing up. You probably had, like, a brunch with them. <laughs> and, you know, at the mayor's swearing-in ceremony. Like, you're probably quite familiar with these guys, but they actually run. They're like, let's get the fuck out of here, like, kids. And they run. <laughs> right. And their co-workers are going into an area that there's a lot of bodies and there could be more armed guys in there. Like you'd think you'd be like, Hey guys, uh, slow your roll. Uh, there could be some more guys with guns in there. We killed about 12. <laughs> right. But even, even if they don't do that and the cops go in cause there was gunshots, all those guys are going to be like, okay, we surrender. Nothing happened here. These two guys came in a big Swede in a leather jacket and an Oriental guy with him. Yeah, I think dude. they were cops. Two of your cops came in here and just laid the major Benson Winifred Payne on everybody, <laughs> committed a lot of murders. And then ran off when you guys showed off. up. Because <laughs> yeah. a bunch of guys run out of that room. Like, I oh, think yeah. six guys. I think six or seven guys run away. So They killed uh, at least six dudes. Oh, yeah. 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 And bruised And bruised Jeffy Mata's lower back. Oh, Real they bad. ruined Jeffy Mata if that was him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they ruined him. He's in traction. So they leave now and they go back to Kenner's. They go get uh, Tia. They go get Minako there. And they go back to Kenner's little Japanese paper wall hide house on the lake or whatever. And they get sort of situated there. And then Kenner is out taking a hot tub, taking a steam there, being cool. And recent rape victim Minako, who was so traumatized that she decided to almost kill herself. Yeah decides to get all buck naked with her big titty long haired stunt double and climb in the fucking tiny pool with him. Yeah, and I'm and I'm quite sure that the girl in the changing room earlier was stunt titties for yes. for her. There's those are those are massive titties that 
You know, I'm just like, I've seen those tits before in this film. <laughs> she just puts on an extra long wig. And it's the wigs, like, like Monaco's got like straight, straight, straight hair. And then like her stunt double has got like long, curly, curly hair. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like eight inches longer and curly. And then full they of body. Her. Yeah, full of body. Yeah. Lots of bounce. Um, it's like watching. It's like watching a movie when you see like the same background actor get killed a couple of times as different gangsters in different situations. Yes. You're like, oh, it's that yes. guy again. I'm like, I've seen those tits before. Wait a minute, yeah. those are super stunt tits. Or Ben Affleck's beard in the Joss Whedon cut of the, <laughs> the Justice League. Justice League, because <laughs> like, they did the reshoots, and then anytime they're like, "Hey, why don't you make Batman a little more jokey?" Every time, every time he goes to make a joke, he's got a, like a fucking fake beard on. Hey, I'm, I'm a rich Batman, everybody. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> he clearly, clearly that was done a year later. <laughs> he's all fat. It's like the difference between Tom. Tom Hanks in, in uh, Castaway from, yeah, from yeah. chubby chubby uh, FedEx employee to survivalist, minimalist, castaway eating raw fish. Yeah, Robinson Crusoe. Right? So, of course, they go inside and Kenner lays down and Minako wants to come in and snuggle, snuggle and then have a little fuck session with him. Which makes no goddamn sense. There's no way she'd be doing this. I think in the first episode we were talking about the script rewrites and this one basically said okay let's uh let's add some sexual uh connotations to this but this is clearly not the time for that after no this is she had such a traumatic experience like fucking ludicrous you know, stunt titties aside, are back all jokes aside like come on don't yeah don't get the fuck out of here just do one or the other don't don't put like that scene in and then she's like oh uh, this time i heard you coming joking <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch my delicious little play on words there? (laughs) Like, fuck off. Fuck off, movie. Fuck straight off with your 14-year-old written script, dickbag. So Dolph Lundgren hears something. He gets up, so you you know, a little something for the ladies, show Dolph Lundgren's ass with the shotgun. Yeah, this movie does have a fair bit of duty, and I do think that that goes right back to script five when this was when this was a film about two gay cops. When this was him and Johnny in the bed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because this is where he walks out. He goes from naked to he must have slipped some shorts on here because he's he's got them on now. But this is where Johnny gets, he's ready to go to because he obviously heard what's happening. They see all these dudes creeping up on the cabin here. And this is where we get the line, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, they're setting up, they're packing up all these weapons. Kenner's getting all his ninja weapons on. And this is where Johnny's like, if we don't make it through this. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. And like, this is that, like, I don't know if, fuck. Because a lot of these movies, these partner action movie kind of shit, there's a a fair amount of like homosexual leaning in there a little bit. Well. Even if it's not addressed, right? But it's way out in the fucking open in this movie. Oh, in this movie, it, it is. Like, you know, they used to call it, at the time of this movie, remember that the term was male bonding. Remember they used to yes. say male bonding? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. it's male bonding. Hey, we're going out. We're going to do crazy shit together. Yeah. Kill a bunch of guys. Part, <laughs> as part of male bonding. And it was pretty It was pretty kind of like macho, but this this film is just laden with homoerotic undertones. From, oh, yeah. From the moment that Johnny and Kenner meet right up until the very end. So it's just weird. It is weird. 
But of course, the bad guy... Like, this is the worst house to be in if you're trying to protect a suspect or a person. You mean a rice paper house? A fucking rice paper house. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) this is the worst house to be in. Because obviously they just walk through the wall. This is at least... I I lost track because we're doing a follow-up here. But this is at least Kenner's second home. At least... And it's massive. And when he shows up there, he's like, it's not much. And it's like, really? You got like, you got like 80 grand worth of tatami mats. Like, uh, right? Like, those are not cheap. And then no, you've got like multiple rooms. <laughs> like, you know, they're running through multiple rooms of the house, sliding open the rice paper doors. And then, of course, they bring out the the gasoline and it goes up like a fucking tinderbox. To burn up a, like, a, to burn a paper house. Yeah, to burn you a- don't need gasoline. <laughs> it's paper. Like, just throw a match. The shit's going to go up like a fucking firecracker. Like, yeah. <laughs> no it's point. It's massive. And it's on a lake and it's in L.A. or not far from L.A. So that's like a $16 million home. <laughs> Right? That Kenner guys is his hideout. <laughs> so obviously they get Minako. They take her. Johnny and Kenner are like, all right, you got it. You win, whatever. They take them. They burn the house. And we go to the electrocution scene here, which is uh, high five very... and shouts out to Gerald Okamura, <laughs> first of all. Because hey, that dude fucking rules. Love that guy. But this scene and... is kind of stupid. Yeah, it's... Well, firstly, it's it's stupid because it's like, all right, let's uh, let's get these guys shirtless and uh, you know, jack them with the pain. But the way that they've got it set up makes absolutely no sense. No, with the acupuncture needles. Yeah, the acupuncture needles and the metal tables that they're on, and then of course the way that he um, dispenses with them at the end, which like that would, he's like, I'll just run the electricity through. I forget what he does. Like, I think well, they both reach out and touch him. Well, touch no, Gerald like Kenner, Kenner muscles his right arm and breaks the strap once they leave. Right. And he pushes Okamura over into Brandon Lee. Right. Yes. yes who yes. like, you know, takes his little left hand and kind of grabs Okamura's head, which the current goes through all three of them via the metal beds. So but it only kills Gerald only Okamura. That's, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I knew it was something stupid. I couldn't. I couldn't quite remember it. Just like, like if ah, it kills Okamura, this. how the fuck are these two other guys living? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, who have already been shocked a bunch. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. I could. But, I, I bought it in Rumble in the Bronx when uh, Jackie Chan got run over by the hovercraft. But when White Tiger got run over, it stripped him down to his little bare bum. <laughs> it's just like, there. How do you like that? How do you like M apples, White Tiger? I gotta say, and I'm, I know I'm reiterating this from part one here, Lundgren's jacked. This is maybe peak Jack Lundgren. Oh, he's legit jacked. Like, he's over-the-top jacked. It's a, it's amazing. He looks fantastic in this movie. Yeah, like, he does. He's shirtless a lot, and, you know. There's a reason probably, for that. Yeah, it's probably like, well, fuck, might as well. Jesus, this guy's, yeah, find another reason for him to take his shirt off, everybody. Like, it's yeah, it's pretty solid. And there's a- he's solid body on him. There was a problem here, I remember, because Lundgren runs out, and I think we solved it, if I remember, in the the lost part of our last take, because he comes out, he's just in his little booty shorts, and him and Johnny are running out, and they get in the car, and then automatically he's got a sweater on. But I think I remember he puts it on. There's like a shot of him putting the sweater on. Yeah, there is. Okay, yeah, he gets his sweater put on, but then they get the, the car they get in, which, as you mentioned in the prior episode, was, I think, the same car they crushed the club owner in. Yeah, the owner of the Bonsai Club. Like, 
it's it's a brown Ford LTD, and that's yeah. exactly. So I think they could only crush <laughs> one car, and they just they just shot it twice. I think so. It makes sense. They crush the roof down so that they can't get out, and then you know you hear Brandon Lee say, "Where are we going? Where are they taking us?" And Lundgren goes, "Someplace bad. <laughs> Someplace bad. Yeah." <laughs> Again, there's a lot I love about this movie. Like, I really, really do. Like, it's funny. I do too. It's entertaining. Uh, I do think that the cinematography's great. I think the shots are great. Um, yep. You know, I think the lighting's great. It just really falls apart for me on the, notably the the martial arts choreography and editing. That's that's what really bums me out. But the whole buddy cop, like, you know, they're trapped. They're going down the conveyor belt. Like, that's fun. Like, that's a fun thing. And oh, it just, I like it, man. It just gets, you know, sometimes the piss gets taken out when they build up stuff and then they don't pay it off in an awesome fight scene. Yes. Yeah, there's that. And there's also, for my, for me, there's some of the story elements need to be worked. Like you said, uh, the script four, script five, script six progression. Yeah. Some of that needed to be worked out by somebody who actually knew what they were doing. Well, yeah, I think somebody that knows you know, even like a cursory amount about cops. Cause you know, we mentioned in, you know, part one of this, they're at the brewery. That's, that's the front <laughs> for everything. And then when they're in the brewery, there's a conveyor belt filled with fucking crystal crack. meth <laughs> or, or, or crystal meth or crack or whatever, like right out in the open, right next to where they're making the beer. Like, Oh yeah. It's some semblance of a concern about public safety and what would happen in this brewery like everybody that works at that brewery knows like it would be so funny if there were extras in the background just kind of looking in shock at the conveyor full of crack like what in the fuck (laughs) is going on like some big guy named jeff jeff that works there he's the floor manager or something to that effect just like (laughs) like hey man what's going on something along those lines yeah so we get brandon lee here saying come on gunner do some of that muscle man shit and they leg press the roof up enough that they can get out before it becomes as Toshishira Obata says, heavy metal sushi! Yeah. And it drops <laughs> drops through the thing and gets ground into dust. So they get out, but now they know that all these guys, which why wouldn't you look for like the juice running out of the thing to make sure they're dead? I don't know. But these bad guys apparently think they're dead now. No, I'm going to put them in an overly elaborate, easily, easily <laughs> escapable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got a gun. <laughs> we can shoot them right now. I'll go shoot him right now. I'll go get him. We'll do it together. We'll do it together. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah, they totally get out. And then we get the Dolph Lundgren training montage and he slips into his... I don't know, dude. Like this... this Mid-2000 this, samurai outfit. This this whole scene kind of plays like a Sony PlayStation 1 video game cutscene. Like bo- Character like, introduction, like yeah. intro. It's, it's almost yep. like the beginning of Pit Fighter. When, uh, when <laughs> <Yes>. Ty <laughs> is like, we remember Ty in Pit Fighter, how he was doing oh, all yeah. his warmups. Like, it's almost like that. That's, that's the thing that, you know, I'm just constantly like slight disappointments. Just, I love cheese. Um, it's just this. Where are you going with this? This is just <laughs> oh, like. Oh, cheese. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant literal cheese. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, like I love cheese in, in film, but I think that honestly, if they made it just a little goofier or if they made it straight just a straight action film. Like, yes. It's goofy enough where it's kind of like childish jokes and humor when it could have been a lot funnier. Like, Last Boy Scout had some great gags and jokes, right? Yes. Well, like, look at the next scene, for example, right? They cut to the, the brewery here with the crack and all the gangs together. 
But then they have the fully loaded dragon claw truck coming out, driving away. Kenner and Johnny run after it and jump on it. The truck was clearly leaving the brewery. Where else is it coming from fully loaded to make deliveries? Well, yeah. Like, it's... it's. If oh, they yeah. had hijacked the truck, thrown the guy out, and then went, beep, beep, and just backed it up to the brewery again, yeah. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, right? Yeah, that would have been <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, it's just like, the fully loaded truck is coming back to the brewery, and it's like, what the fuck? These are the worst. It's not how deliveries these work, These are the yo. worst beer salesmen ever. They didn't fucking do shit. <laughs> like, and then, Kenner and Johnny drive through the gates of the brewery, and they... They ostensibly have the element of surprise because all these bad guys think they're dead. They just drive this truck right through the wall of the brewery and come out shooting. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's not surprise. It well, it's been, surprise, but, like, you're not using what you have. It would have been amazing. It would have been amazing if when they throw the driver out on the road and he rolls in the street, if he pulled out, like, an old Motorola StarTac or whatever phone or one of those big giant <laughs> phones. He was like, boss. Bus, they're on their way back. They got the truck. <laughs> like, they don't kill Tip the them guy. Off. He just no, he no, just they're rolled. alive. They're alive. <laughs> yeah, but they come smash. <laughs> like, I got to give them uh, hats off. The gate crash looks awesome. Like, it really does. It was good. It was good. Yes, absolutely. And they come through here, and then there's a bunch of shooting, shooting, shooting. There's a ton of like automatic gunfire with no regard to the fact that Minako is right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're shooting at CHT and the henchmen here. Bullets are dinging off the handrail all around them. And yeah. she's like in front of him. <laughs> and yeah. shooting like she's it don't mean nothing right there. And they're just like <laughs> laying waste. Uh, it is pretty, it is pretty amazing. <laughs> and they do, they do drive, the truck through the wall and she is just on the other side of that wall and they come flying through like oh. the masonry work is flying and they're just like <laughs> Brandon Lee's like yee-haw like can you imagine if it just hard cut and Minaka's just laying there dead and like they're all just <laughs> looking at her like oh fuck oh yeah Jesus guess I didn't think that through I didn't, I didn't know where you were through. being held in this Damn building before, yeah. I before I crashed through the wall of it yeah, with with uh, nothing other than abandoned to describe the way that he's piloting that <laughs> fucking truck through. But it's not again. It's not bad. It sounds like I'm shitting on it, but it's just it's just I feel more disappointed with this because I feel so connected to this film, and I just I just feel that this film could have been so much more. You know, I think well, this, yeah, absolutely this could yeah. have been. This could have been. I know a lot of people hold it in high regard as as we do as well, but this could have yep. been one of the greatest. This could have been like top shelf uh, yeah. film. This really, really could have been a lot better than it turned out. Yeah, there's a lot of missed potential here. I still love this movie. I still really dig it. Yeah. But there's a difference between a good movie and a movie that I really enjoyed just because of the potential that I see in it and it's just cheesy funness. Which is what this is at this point. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the old films that we put on, like, we'd be like, oh, let's just put this on and I'll fast forward to, you know, the great fight scenes or the great choreography and stuff like that, where, you know, I think this just falls a bit short, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. So we get a bit of a fight scene here between uh, Toshishiro Obata and Brandon Lee. 
I yeah. quite like this. The, the fight scene's okay, other than the fact of how easily they tear those metal pipes off. Yeah, they, those pipes are like uh, uh, when uh, Fat Tony built the wheelchair ramp at Springfield Elementary out of <laughs> soda crackers. Because <laughs> Fat Tony's crew put that together. That's hilarious. Yeah, they pull these off. They have a scrap. And then they, they kind of cut the middle of that because Obata runs away. Little cut to Dolph Lundgren. And then we have a very similar scene to the the scene in Rapid Fire where Al Leong comes down the stairs in the laundry. Yes. Where it's kind of opposite because Toshishiro Obata is running away. And he stops at the bottom of a small set of stairs. And then Brandon Lee steps in sort of foreground and squares off with him. And it's a, a very similar look. Yeah, to that rapid fire scene. Very similar, except you know the rapid fire uh, fight choreography was just oh superior, infinitely better. Yeah, infinitely just, better. Just so much better. And uh, again, this uh, it's not so bad that it's offensive. Like it's not Miami Connection bad. No, but it makes me laugh. Means. But yeah, like it's just like oh man, this could have been could have been amazing. Well, and and also here, like again, these guys are the worst cops. Like this is oh yes this is rapid fire powers booth level <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, cop yeah. like because Mace he's Ryan <laughs> Mace Ryan level bad cop because Brandon Lee is beating up Obata here and is saying his Miranda as he's literally yeah. kicking the fuck out of him and then kicks him over the railing and he falls clearly not in a straight tin soldier down into this vat o crack or whatever it is and then we get the Brandon Lee line of. You have the right to remain dead. And he tosses his Zippo in. Yeah. And this fucking vat dude explodes bigger than anything I've ever seen and blows up four to six other gigantic vats immediately. Oh, yeah. It, okay, it is amazing. And the whole, you have the right to remain dead, I do love it. Like, I really love love it. Oh, I love it too. Like, I really wish they had a, you know, really gone for the 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 cheesiness of it because like you said they are horrible cops like he just oh. he fucking that is that is straight murder like that's not <laughs> like like he could have lived and he could have arrested him but he chooses oh, easily, not to yes and that explosion probably killed six other people off screen <laughs> right and it would have killed him <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah it sends him flying it is pretty good that way i did like it I liked it too. So they cut outside here. We get Monaco is tied to the gas pump and the line of gas goes away to CHT as he's getting away. Lundgren comes out in his samurai suit. I'm going to tell you after about 10 seconds, that gas wouldn't light because it all would have fucking, it all would have dissipated. It all would have evaporated, right? Yeah. I keep looking at Kenner's outfit with this samurai suit and I keep thinking, what if his cop colleagues showed up and he's wearing this? They'd be like, what the fuck yeah. are you wearing, yeah. Kenner? Like, are you what are you doing? A, why are you at a uniform, Kenner? <laughs> like, yeah. What are you, cosplaying Samurai Jack? <laughs> what are you doing? Christ's sake. So CHT runs away. Kenner leaves Minako in the care of Johnny. He now is shirtless again and runs off after CHT here. They end up going into, I should call him Yoshida. The CHT is Yoshida. But they end up running out into this... Japanese Day Parade or something, and nobody seems to care that a six foot six white guy with an automatic weapon in a hakama is running through them. Yeah, he's going down the street. He's got like an M sixteen or a or a C seven or something. I don't know what he's got. Yeah, he's got an automatic weapon, 
and Yoshida's just running through the parade and like nobody's giving a shit. There's a little uh, karate school. They're doing katas as they're walking down the street. And these yeah. guys, and just, they don't stop when the shooting do starts. Not stop. Oh man. It's crazy. Like a shooting. A shooting. Yoshida spins around and shoots Kenner in the chest. Like right through the basically the middle of his left peck. You know, yeah. where your heart is. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to affect Kenner at all. Well, not because they bit. both he just, grab swords. He just holds his chest and he's like, uh, but he heals up pretty quickly because he does grab that sword. It's just like, uh, you know what? And has a sword fight. I've been I've been punched in the peck really hard. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> like you're not picking up a sword and swinging after you get shot right through it. Uh, no, you're certainly not. So then they have this. The sword fight's actually not bad. I, I don't mind the sword fight at all. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. It is like, again. The setting is cool. You got guys on fucking horses with tridents, <laughs> just like Anchorman. Uh, you know, there's a with circle. horses and a man on fire, they, and I killed a man with a trident. They all stop, and they all just form a circle around, and now they're watching this goddamn samurai sword fight to the death. Like a junior and high like, dance. Yeah, yeah, like a junior high dance. There's guys in, in their uh, in their geese. There's women dressed as geishas. There's guys on fucking horses. There's, there's uh, like, convertibles that were part of the parade. Everybody just stops to watch this. <laughs> it's 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 pretty awesome. It is a pretty good fight. Like, the, the setting, as ludicrous as it is, the fight scene's pretty good. And yeah. they have a good little sword fight here. And <laughs> so Kenner disarms eventually Yoshida and... You hear, you get a quick cut to Johnny who says, take him! Meaning, kill him. Again, they're cops. Yeah. Kenner stabs yeah. Yoshida through the body with the sword, and the sword comes out at an angle that it doesn't go in at. It's ridiculous. Because they shoot it side on and the sword's bent. But then Kenner picks him up and throws him. Yeah. And sticks that's... him to the, the firecracker spinning wheelboard, uh, which lights up. And, and that's the end. And doesn't Brandon Lee go, yeah! Like, he kind of turns big... his head. He says, yeah, at one point through the fight, but at the end, he kind of goes, oh, God. Like, <laughs> he kind of turns his head. But when, when Kenner, like, picks him up and throws him onto the thing, like, Brandon Lee's like, yeah, like, he's... He's not unhappy. He's, yeah, he's very I'll give you that. that. Yeah, like... <laughs> that he's dead. And then, of course, to add insult to injury, he lights on fire and there's fireworks going which and he's spinning and the smell man would, the smell would be well like it's it would be like barbecue yeah but i'd like to remind everybody that this was a parade that i'm assuming children were at oh, yeah. <laughs> you just saw a man murdered children <laughs> yeah. murdered and thrown and then lit on fire in the middle of a public street in los angeles <laughs> like jesus christ dude but I mean, like all of the people are bowing, like yeah. thank you, thank you, thank oh, you, thanks, you. And I know that throughout the film, like you know, the yakuza has been shaking all these people down. So still, like if I saw that, I'd be like, well, honestly, if if that broke out, I would just like, well, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, right? I would not be around to, as soon as that shit started going down. Like automatic weapons oh, and I'm out, son, and shit. See ya. But I mean, the cops, the cops all show up. Like the credits roll. Oh yeah, the chairs are running. They're walking down the street. Yep, and all the cops arrive. So there's a sequel to this film, which is basically Kenner and Johnny's 
court prison proceedings prison stitch like, like and, they're and prison time <laughs> so it's kenner and johnny's life in prison trial for the 25 people they killed in the last 48 hours so like at the end of the day like i really like this film i just i just feel that the tone is just fucked the tone like, is it's all over the place yeah pardon pardon my language but the tone is fucked like you you can't you can't try to create this world like i hate to do a comparison but big trouble in little china they created yep. this cool world below the surface yes and they went the supernatural route yep but it kind of carried you off into this different place and you didn't know what to expect and this one they're basically trying to play it as a straight cop movie. Yes. And they're doing things that are just ridiculous. Like, they are just like, hey, there's a bad guy. Let's fucking kill him. Like, <laughs> yeah! Like, there's a drug dealer that you and I went to high school with. Yep. Okay? And I learned very recently he went to jail. Well, but as you should. the way that the cops work, apparently they were on him for years and they had his phone lines tapped and they had places bugged and they were intercepting text messages for two years yeah. to build up building evidence. the case. And obviously you can't do that in a 90 minute movie. I understand that. Yes. Right. But these guys do not. These guys don't gather evidence once. They just like no. show up with fucking guns and fists and they're just like, hey, there's the Yakuza. Kill him. Like, Get him. Just. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, it's just hard to swallow. And I know it's a movie. Hey, Chad, like, lighten up, have some fun. But, you know, when I when I see films today, like The Raid, where, you know, they get in and now they're in over their head and they have to fight to the death just to get out of the building because these guys are going to fucking kill them. Yes. Where in this case, the guys are usually doing something like eating sushi, hanging out at the karaoke bar, <laughs> having a bath, and Johnny and Kenner show up and just start committing murder. Like, yeah. They're the aggressors oh, yeah. in this. The bad guys, as bad as they are, and they are, are not doing bad guy things when Johnny and Kenner show up and start laying the beats down. No. Like, it even opens with Kenner, like, they're in an illegal boxing match, okay? Yep. Which, that's not even that illegal. <laughs> like, you know, it's right? a bunch of guys gambling. Oh, no, this is an unsanctioned <laughs> event. Like, <laughs> this is... Fuck are you doing? Like... <laughs> hey, does the state of California know about this? <laughs> are these two gentlemen in the same weight class, sir? You yeah. look like you're more than 10 pounds off him. Yeah. For like, Christ's sake. But anyway, like again, I don't want I don't mean to shit on the movie because it's it's a solid movie, it's a fun movie. It's just it really stretches, you know, your ability to spend your suspend your disbelief. Well, uh just cuz it's so wonky. Yeah, and to your point, like the movie we just did, we just did Code of Silence. They open with the the setup of the raid on the drug dealers and you get you get the feeling of the time that was put into it because of the surveillance, because they're undercover, because they're garbage men, guys in the graveyard, like the relationship of Spider to the to the drug dealer. Like you get all of that backstory in a very short amount of time. It doesn't take much if you know what you're doing with the script. Yeah, and even when even when Chuck Norris is getting chewed out by the captain about how, you know, the whole thing was blown, I forget, but he said, God damn it, we've been working on this for you know, six weeks X number of 10 weeks. months. Yeah. I can't I can't remember, but he does actually make reference to the fact that they've been working this for a considerable amount of time and resources. Yes. And in this particular film, I don't think that Kenner and Johnny go to the police station. I think they go once, 
But it, there's maybe there's no point where they're actually like maybe. meeting back with the captain or or anything. I think they just go to the police station for where the guy breaks his own neck, and I think that's oh, well, it. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take the suspect there yeah. and interrogate him, and he kills himself, and then shows up later. Which you know, and there's there's other films like uh, like even Hot Fuzz, which you know with Edgar Wright's Love that uh, quick editing style, yep. where he's doing all the paperwork. Yes, right? he's like going, "That's going to be a lot of paperwork." He's like, "No problem," and he pulls out two pens, and like <laughs> there's just this montage of the uh, mug shots and filling out paperwork and filing, and like they do it in like, that cool Edgar like, Wright very style, much like yeah, Edgar in Wright. like like an action film, but he's just doing paperwork for like a full minute, well, which. Uh, is is pretty fun. And that's the genius of Edgar Wright is taking yeah. something mundane that could be boring and turning it into a hilarious joke. Yeah. Because you're using the visual medium, right? Like he's a master of that. And th- there wasn't any mastery of it here. It's still again, I I feel like I'm shitting on it. I really like this movie and the cheese yeah. factor of it like a Seagal movie that we say that enhances my enjoyment. It still makes me laugh and the fact that I can pick the plot apart and I laugh at it, I like it because of that sometimes. So yeah, that's true. where this one falls in for me. Good point, sir. All right. So let's roll in the categories here and hit uh, and hit the mu- soundtrack. Like, it was okay. I, I don't know what yeah, I'd give it. For- I'd, I'd only give it probably two and a half fists out of five because, again, like we often say, it didn't stand out enough to be offensively bad, but I also didn't notice it a lot. I, I'm going to go 1.5 fists out of five for the soundtrack only for the only for the reason that they kind of use the same uh music loop throughout the film oh right? fair so yeah okay these guys these guys like you get that uh that kind of like like over and over again so that started to wear on me after a while i was like guys like you got you got something else so i'm going low i'm going low on soundtrack for it yeah I'm going to go fairly low on acting two, and I don't want to be shitty about it. I'm only going to go uh, probably two fists out of five for acting. But with the caveat that I know that these actors, this group of actors who are the main people like Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren, uh, it was early work for them. And I get that. So Dolph is coming off Rocky where he's playing effectively a robot and he doesn't have a hell of a lot to work with here. And when he does have an emotional scene, like when he's talking about how Yoshida killed his parents and stuff, it comes off pretty stiff. And so does Brandon. Like as charismatic as Brandon Lee is, this isn't his best work. He still had some development to do to get to like, there was a big jump between this and rapid fire. I think we talked about that in part one. Yeah, we did. Right. Like he he really comes into his own. And, and then the crow, he's he's you know, awesome in the crow. He's amazing in the crow and Dolph Lundgren's best acting, you know, I gave him huge huge kudos for Universal, Universal Soldier, Soldier hell of a, yeah. His acting was amazing. So Yeah, he was I'm tremendous give in it that. 3 fifths out of 5 for acting. And I'm giving it that just because I think everyone had more potential than we saw. I think that there were huge problems with the, both the script and the direction because yeah, even though Brandon's early in his career, like to allow that performance of, Oh God. Yes. (laughs) Like, like to allow him to do that, like, and to tell him it's good is, is bad. And they have Dolph playing. So wooden. Yeah. Uh, CHT is amazing in this. He is, he is excellent. And and a lot of the background guys with CHT are really good too. The whole the whole Big Trouble crew that play the bad guys they're wicked. 
they are wicked and they're good actors and they were just marginalized they were just underused they were just cast aside and i really believe that this could have been one of the best I really believe this could have been one of the best martial arts films of the 90s yeah. had it been handled better. But anyway, yeah. three-fifths out of five for me for acting. Cool. I want to quickly mention Tia Carrere, too. Like, for what she had to oh. work with, she's good. She's very good. I think this. she was a victim of the script, and she was a victim of basically being written as a damsel in distress that just gets pulled around everywhere. She didn't have a lot to work with, and I think yeah. she did a really good job for what for what was given to her. I think she was great. She is she is a really good actor, and again, she got the rug pulled out from under her because she's just a plot device in this film. Like, yeah, Tia Carrere gets raped so Dolph Lundgren can get mad. That's basically, basically right. That's yeah. basically what happens here, and you know, it's just, eh, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. And martial arts, I, I gotta go fairly low for martial arts, dude. Even though there's some standout moments for both Lundgren and for Brandon Lee. Again, it's it's undercut by the fact that they edited it so poorly. And as much as I love Pat Johnson, I, I think his choreography was probably okay, but the direction and the editing took his legs out, if I, if you'll pardon the pun. Mm. So I, I, I'm going to have to go like middle of the road two, maybe two and a half fists out of five for martial arts because you can never get a flow for the fight scene when you get, you know, punch, edit, kick, edit, and you're changing sides and you don't know where the hell you are. It really hobbled the fights in this, In this, I thought. But Brandon Lee and, and Dolph Lundgren, clearly you can see the potential that's there. And part of my low score is because of that where I get frustrated. And I, 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 I you can see what it could have been. Yeah, I'm going to be the dick Russian judge on this. And I'm going to go one fist out of five. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it from the standpoint that you've got a great stunt team in there. Yes. And you've got great, you've got great actors. Like, great actors and i think that it was just squandered and i think that in this film it appears to me at least it appears to me that the martial arts were not a significant consideration in the film and i know that in the past i gave higher scores to like the karate kid yep but i gave the karate kid a higher score because the way that they worked the the way that they work the martial arts into the story of the film. And in this, I don't feel that they really did that. I think that they had a great opportunity to do so, but I'm going to sound like a total dick and it's probably because I'm a little cheesed off, but I'm going to go one fist out of five for martial arts. Cause I just feel that this was potential squandered. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And karate kids, a totally different movie, right? Like that's, yeah. If if like if you think about Big Trouble like like you just brought up that was that was 1986 and this is 91, so you've got those those five years in between for that stunt team to do what it does and know what it's doing and get better, and the choreography and the editing in Big Trouble was just light years better, because I think like we said in that podcast when you get a good director like John Carpenter, who knows okay directing and storytelling is my thing fight choreography is their thing this is what i want guys i want to fight here and just yeah. fucking let them do it and he let yeah and that's and that's one of the one of the reasons why i feel so disappointed because i've seen all these guys do better and yep. my one fist out of five is not directed at the performers no uh, no, no, it's God. it's it's squarely on the shoulders of the director for me yeah 100 percent. i think there were several defenestrations Sorry, i didn't Mark. keep track yeah, there was there was quite a few. Several. 
Would Samuel Hung make this movie better? Yeah, well, yes, I think that I think that would I think that he would make it a lot better. Like if you were to have Sammo Hung as your fight coordinator, fight choreographer, and even if even if Director, you removed, Jesus. even well, yeah, but even if you removed several of the fight scenes, like remove them completely, let's just take them out, yeah. And, Put a handful of fight scenes in that are well choreographed. Like, you know, when they go up to the uh, bar, for example, you know, they're yep. like, ha, they're like, ho, 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 ho. And they do a couple little fucking stupid moves. They, you know, <laughs> they take up about 30 seconds to get into the club. Like, even if they had just, you know, shown up to the club and sat down and then we got a fight scene and just skip that. Like, yep. it's just get like the okay, big bar fight scene. Yeah. Let's get, get the a hot, really good the, bar. The yeah. bath fight scene. Yeah. And get a good and, ending fight scene. Like three really good set piece fight scenes. You could make it work a lot better. So uh, I would definitely, definitely have uh, Samuel Hung in here as the uh, fight coordinator for sure. Absolutely. I, I think William Hung would probably, generally speaking, make this worse unless you did what should have probably happened with this movie and just keep it a gay cop story and yes. make. William Hung, the Brandon Lee character, and just have him be the damsel in distress and make Dolph or Brandon Lee, whoever, I don't care, protect him and take him through and just take the opposite cop and Tia Carrere completely out of the movie and make it a gay cop story. Well, I mean, you know, like, you know, we we, <laughs> we do the, would Sam Hung make this film better? Would William Hung make this film worse? And, you know, like every time William Hung would make it worse. But absolutely, um, I think, I think as a joke, you could drop William Hung in anywhere. Like, you know, even if he just took his shirt off and was covered in those uh, tattoos, like in the bathhouse <laughs> and he had no lines, that would be funny. Or he was or- the singer in the bar instead of Tia Carrere <laughs> singing uh, She Bang. <laughs> or he changed yeah. it to, he changes it to He Bang. Um, <laughs> he Bang, He Bang. Oh, and Brandon Lee looks at him. Yeah. Brandon Lee looks at him. He's like, oh God, yes. Oh God, uh, yeah. But I mean, you're going to go back jokes. and eat sushi off that naked singer boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that hairless boy. Um, <laughs> That'd be great. I'd watch yeah, that. I'd watch that all day. It's a, it's a, it's a solid, it's a, it's a solid movie, man. But it, it, it upsets me that it could have been, you know, it could have been top tier, man. Yeah. Is it a good movie? No, but do I enjoy it? Hell yes. And I'll certainly watch yeah. it again and again. So, so no hate for this movie. I still dig it right to China. So, wicked. All right, that's a wrap on... I almost said Big Trouble in Little China. That's a wrap on Showdown in Little Tokyo. We'll pin this one together with the last one, so thanks for hanging out and uh, finishing this one off with us. We will be back coming up on Monday with 2003's South Korea Old Boy. I'm very excited to do that one. Yeah, going back and rewatching this... It hurts. Man, that, th- it that hurt movie me. makes you feel sick at the end. Like, it's yeah. such a... It's such a great film. Like, it's so good, but, like, at the end of it, I I literally want to jump off the roof of my house. Yeah, it's it's it, it it's a very leaving Las Vegas movie where you're like, man, that movie's so good, but I want to go bury myself in the front yard now because I feel awful. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not like a feel-good movie. Yeah, it's just like, you know, everybody walking out of Schindler's List. It's just like, well. <laughs> uh, right. God. I think I'm just going to drive my car into the ditch on the way home. And <laughs> yeah. like, How was the movie? Good, I guess. Yeah, it was an amazing uh, movie, but uh, yeah. 
I so, just need some. I'm gonna not go to work tomorrow. I need some time. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm looking forward to doing that one. I I am. It's uh it's it's a masterfully made film. Absolutely. So coming up Monday, 2003, from South Korea, Old Boy on You Have Offended This Podcast. <laughs> 